0: Welcome to the Nashville Fitness Podcast, hosted by doctors of physical therapy, Chris and Ross. Here, we're going to dive into all things movement, health, and fitness, and we're going to chat with some local fitness experts and friends about their areas of expertise. We hope you enjoy it. So guys, welcome
1: to the Nashville Fitness Podcast. This is actually the second time we've had Jake Barish on. Um, Last time he was on, I think we're still under the brand be better so for those of you who listen to that um, appreciate you following us over to the Nashville Fitness Podcast but uh, yeah so Jake is a coach at Real Change CrossFit uh, he is a competitor in the CrossFit world and uh, a good buddy of mine so glad to have him back for a second second go around. Uh, Jake I'm just going to kind of start things off with a, a little curveball for you not fitness related Uh I've, Right before the podcast, Jake and I were talking about some um old movies from the 1980s and that just made me think, Jake, what are uh, what are some of your favorite movies?
2: Oh gosh. Oh, you yeah. prep me on this one. Um okay. Okay, we're going to give a couple. Let's see. Um, one of my all-time favorites is Remember the Titans. Um oh, good choice. Big big Denzel Washington fan, big sports movie fan. Um and uh so I gotta go with that one I also really love Fight Club I know that one's kind of cliche it's like that's one of three that everybody is like that's my favorite movie but it really <laughs> yeah. is one of my favorite movies and then to go completely different from all that uh, favorite Disney movie is Lion King um, just gonna instant classic yeah. oh yeah instant classic so those are some of my favorites I am a big film guy so it's hard to answer that question typically
1: yeah no that's that's tough um, yeah I'm gonna go with I so obviously I'm a big nerd so all the, the Marvel Star Wars stuff is big for me but if I'm going to get outside of that bubble uh, I randomly really like the movie Secret Life of Walter Mitty Ooh, with Ben Stiller that's uh, a good one it's a good Wanderlust movie uh, I'm going to go throwback to the movie Galaxy Quest which I did mention earlier uh, <laughs> one of the greatest films ever made uh, and what else I'm going to sit there with those two so okay. there you go PJ. I like it um, All right, so got Jake on today. You know, Jake is a good dude to just talk about all your your CrossFit and fitness stuff um, about. And so today, you know, I just kind of wanted to initially chat about, you know, Jake, you are trying to be competitive in the sphere of CrossFit while also being a coach at a gym and trying to, um, you know, like, have a life. So tell me right. <laughs> what is uh what have been some of the biggest challenges for you in wanting to be really competitive in this world um you know the last, over the course of the last year?
2: Oh man. Uh, over the course of the last year it's actually been a very interesting situation. So with with COVID coming around, which I guess it's been almost it's been more than a year, but with all of that, you know, things kinda got turned on their head and the coaching sphere kind of dropped off because you know everything had to shut down for a little while and then you had to rebuild back up so that presented its own challenges and you know reestablishing clientele if you will reestablishing that faith and and that comfort between athlete and coach so that kind of makes that difficult and so the effort put into the professional side of things for me of, of coaching has been a lot more than it typically has which is great I love it but it's just it's added to it so with competing You know, some of the biggest obstacles is just balance in life, right? Is is finding your time to train and not overdoing it, but also, you know, not being a shut-in who only ever works out and doesn't see their friends or, you know, isn't a good partner to their partner or, or whatever it is. So I think a lot of the challenges come with finding out how to balance everything. Yeah, it's tough, especially when you
1: see all these narratives like on social media and YouTube of like you have to go hard and like have to be all in and like totally dedicated and leave it all out on the floor and all these kind of maxisms that are, that are so intense uh, is the idea of can you kind of live, quote unquote, a healthy lifestyle and, uh, or balanced life, lifestyle rather and uh, accomplish something
2: at a very high level. So I think it all depends on your support structure, right? So it's, it's what others are asking from you um, and whether or not they do or don't support what you're doing um, So like you can live a balanced lifestyle as long as like The people you have relationships with Whether it's friendships or, or romantic relationships Understand the dedication and time you put into things and, right, yeah. and why you're making the sacrifices Like no I don't want to go out partying all weekend um, And there are people out there that cannot comprehend that They can't understand that I don't want to stay up till 2-3am drinking Yeah, but it that doesn't mean you can never have a beer. That doesn't mean you can never go to a barbecue with your friends. Yeah, Um, and I think some of it is is there's this like this hype around it of like if you do not have the perfect sleep schedule and the perfect nutrition and the perfect training schedule and no one distracts you, like you can still be fairly successful depending on what you define your success as without having to have all of that to the T perfect.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'd go a little
2: crazy if I had to just be perfect on everything. Yeah. So, I mean, and it all depends on what your level is. I mean, do you want to be the greatest of all time? Do you want to be a world champion? Then, yeah, you probably have to do those things. Yeah. But, if you want to pursue things to the best of your ability without completely sacrificing everything else in your life, you can still be successful.
1: Yeah. yeah you know, one of the interesting things that we've chatted about a bit in the past is, you know, some of the Opportunities in the world of fitness that have, have grown over the last years as CrossFit's gotten bigger and there's been other organizations to get bigger. And yeah, you and I have talked about coaching and event planning and being an athlete. And obviously I work more on like kind of the recovery uh, health side of things. You know, do you think that it's becoming more reasonable for somebody to pursue a full career in fitness now, maybe more so than it was uh, five years
2: ago? I think so. Um, Five, 10 years ago, it seemed like the only time you were going to have a professional career in the space of fitness is either go the doctorate route, right? You become a physical therapist or someone who works along those sides, or you're a personal trainer, right? I, I don't think that there was all of that opportunity there, and now I think that there's so much room for content creation or program design or online coaching or in-person coaching that you can really find your niche and go into it. There's such a fitness revolution happening right now that if you have something unique about you, use it to your advantage to create that situation for yourself.
1: Yeah, anybody...
2: It almost seems like if you
1: have a niche in anything, Mm -hmm. you can turn it into something because the world of social media has just
2: allowed all eyes on yeah absolutely and i think that a lot of people f- think they need this massive following to be able to generate some sort of business but you just need dedicated followers you need people who you engage yeah. with who trust you and and that's kind of where i think the disconnect is is people think oh i need thousands of followers before i can ever monetize what i'm doing but if what you're doing is something you believe in push it forward yeah I man.
1: that's that's really good to think about it's, you know not uh go deep rather than wide mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're particularly niched in now um what you've participated in a lot of events and been around of a lot of events um the last year what have been some of your favorite things you've participated in uh, around nashville or in
2: the region uh over the last year um there's a couple so i think that I'm just excited, because I recently moved here, so I'm really excited to just be a part of the community. So some of these things have just been fun to kind of get to know people. Um, one of the, the organizations that I'm, I'm in with is, is Chalked Up, and they do Box League, which is a, a really cool like weekly competition, yeah. and it's a really it's a fun twist on the competitive sphere because it's not a 10-hour day where you break yourself for five events and then take a week to recover from. It is a week-to-week. You do one, maybe two workouts, and I think that's a really fun spin on things because you can gear up, you can lay it all out there without having to worry about what events coming next.
1: Yeah, it's you know I've attended a bunch of the chalked up events, and it really is nice that uh, you can get quench that competitive thirst, but uh, not have to put yourself through the physical toll of a full
2: day or two days of competition. Yeah, it's um, it's hard because it's very easy. To overprogram a day or two of competition, mm-hmm. it's very likely that it's it's there. What the what the competition organizers are trying to do is give you all of your money's worth, but and try to give you many events so you have chances. If you if you bomb one event, you can make it up on the next two. But at the same time, it's like it's gonna break you down. Yeah. So not that I'm against any of those. I mean, I do those as well. But I think I like not having to feel broken at the end of a of a competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, Jake, would you say in competition these days that you are feeling uh, more confident in your strength, your gymnastics, your conditioning? Uh, What skills would you say you're feeling best about these days?
2: You know, the level of competition just keeps going up. So every time you think you're confident in something, someone shows you like, hey, there's other people that are better than you out there. So I think my favorite thing to do is to do like a heavy lift. Um, And, and back in the day, I would I'd be one of the top guys. And now they are dudes who just lift like crazy. They've been doing it since they were teenagers. That just unbelievable. Um, but I still feel pretty good about it. I still, yeah. still like to lift heavy. Those are always fun parts of events. Because it's not like when you're lifting in your gym, it's a different sort of energy you get from the crowd. Um, and then I also love the high school gymnastics. I think those are fun. Anything conditioning is not my wheelhouse. I don't enjoy it. I need to get better at it. But... Um, yeah, I prefer the gymnastics and the heavy stuff. I was talking to somebody about this the other
1: day. Before you do a super heavy lift, uh, do you use, do, or even a Metcon, do you like pre-workout? Is that something that's part of your <sighs> rhythm?
2: Not really. So the idea of a pre-workout to me is is a little funny. Um, I do drink a good amount of caffeine through coffee. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you'd really call that pre-workout or just kind of my habitual routine. Um, pre-workout it's interesting because it is helpful to bring up the energy and amplify what you got going on but it's one of those things that once you start using it you start needing it and the effect gets delayed and dampened yeah right so it's like if if you ever really 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 need that kick but you always use pre-workout well people oftentimes just say well take more <laughs> yeah. And if you want to really get into the yeah, nitty gritty of it, yeah, right, just three scoops instead of two. But if you want to get down to the nitty gritty of the science of it, there's only so much of it you can absorb, right? Yeah. Eventually, your body won't absorb anymore. So you're going to get yourself to a point of like adrenal fatigue and just shutting down your whole body because all you ever do is just use supplements. Now, there's nothing wrong with pre workout, but I try to like very minimally use it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I've used it maybe three times. Um, And there's always like in the middle of a competition. And hey, it it worked in those moments.
2: Well, and that's how you want to use it, right? Because like you're exhausted, you're having a hard time drawing on your energy reserves. And then you use that and all of a sudden you can perform better for one or two more events. But if you're doing it because it's Wednesday and you've had a hard week and you're doing one workout, it's taking away from your ability to naturally push yourself. Yeah. So I have have a hard time with that on on a philosophical level. Um, speaking of lifting heavy
1: you know I've been in a lot of different gyms and seen people approach uh, heavy RMs a lot of different ways there's different schools of thought saying that you should um, you know hit one Rms very consistently and there's some guys at the top of the game that say they only rep max at competitions you know you know like once a year or even every other year uh, I will say when I was personally, the absolute strongest. I was probably doing something at a, at ninety five to a hundred percent once a week. Okay. But when I was doing that, I was also a slightly younger man than I am now. Okay. Yeah. Um. What
2: is what? How do you kind of approach that with your programming and your training? So a lot of it is about training age. Mm-hmm. So if you're brand new to fitness or brand new to strength training. It's important to test and retest frequently because some of your strength gains will just be simply from learning the movement yeah. and neurological adaptation, so you just feel better squatting. Um, so like a lot of times, you know, a lot of people are familiar with percentage work, right? So if you're lifting at your 75%, well, if you're brand new to fitness, 75% is gonna be more like 50% because you just don't know what heavy is. So practicing going heavy when you're new is super important. Um, And then as you get further into your training age, you kind of have to figure out the point in which there's like diminishing returns. So you're kind of looking at am I breaking down my body just to hit this one rep max squat and then I can't train squats heavy for the next four days. Um, So there's a balance there and I think that when you're a professional level athlete, you've been training for 10 years of your life or, or more. You got to back off of that because eventually it, you're going to get so strong that it does break you down. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard. It's hard to kind of have a good answer for that. I think that um, a long time ago on a podcast, I heard Travis Mash, who's a weightlifting coach in uh, North Carolina, and he's got people at national and world levels. And he says that anything under 75%, I'm Maybe misquoting, so don't put this one hundred percent on. Yeah. On, but he said anything under seventy five percent is technique work. Anything over seventy five percent is strength work. Yeah. And so, too. if if you're worried about going heavy, just make sure that you're getting in that seventy five to ninety percent. Um, the hard part too is to gauge that what's a hundred percent on any given day. Yeah. Yeah. So like you might feel. one day and 85% the next day. And so you might, it can get into this psychological situation as well where you're trying, like almost fighting yourself because you think you should hit a 300 pound back squat. I know I can back squat 300 and you get to 280 and you fail and you're like, did I get weaker? Yeah, it messes with you. Yeah, so it, there's a lot of balance to that. I know that I didn't really give an answer to this question, but I think that when you're new, you should max out pretty frequently, and by pretty frequently, I mean maybe once a week, or max out every lift once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as that goes, you know, when you're on a training cycle, a six- eight-week training cycle, you'll max out at the beginning of end, and end of each, and then kind of go by that. Yeah. How much do you uh, take in – I see you've got a
1: whoop band on. How much do you uh, use data from the WHOOP like before a workout and let that kind of dictate what you do for the day? Or is that just something that you kind of see as
2: anecdotal information that's just interesting? So a workout to workout, I don't take it as seriously. Um, it's not gonna, I don't think it affects any one given workout as much as you look at it from a weekly, monthly, yearly standpoint. So like recently I've been the the recoveries for those of you don't know what how whoop works is like it's red is if you're not recovered yellow is if you're mid-range and green is when you're really recovered and like the past several weeks i've been yellow and just yellow yellow and can't get into the green so that's telling me hey you're not really fully recovering Mm -hmm. so what i've been doing is i've I've backed off and try to wait on my recovery to come come back up um so some of that more so i think i let it inform my lifestyle choices more than my Specific fitness yeah. choices I think. Interesting yeah. yeah. So I, I you know on any given workout like if I am in the red I'm gonna back off. Yeah. But living in the yellow is kind of like just a, a way of life for me I guess. Yeah. So um, so it doesn't affect my day-to-day as much as it does like my week-to-week.
1: Yeah now that's interesting. Uh, kind of look at your your broad patterns rather than getting lost on a, a particular day. Yeah. Um, Tell me this. You know, you're a guy that that does lift, pretty darn heavy. I remember uh, in quarterfinals last year, uh, you put up some pretty strong front squat numbers. Yeah, I was I
2: was pretty happy with my
1: numbers. What? Uh, when you're at the bottom of a really heavy squat, what's going through your mind? I'm really
2: glad you asked this question, actually. Um, so, it's there's a lot going through your mind. Mostly <laughs> like, I hope I don't die. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of times the the biggest triumph people make in the strength world is when they learn how to fight on a heavy squat. Sure. Because on a heavy deadlift, it's different because it's just coming off the floor. There's nothing really like your body's not as at stake. Right. Which not to say that squatting's dangerous, but like it is, has a more a danger element to it than deadlifting. For sure. So I think that when you're at the bottom of a really heavy squat, you have to keep yourself focused and convinced that you can stand up because i've seen a lot of athletes miss lifts just because i don't i think they didn't believe in themselves right as a coach you can look at an athlete and if you pay attention to the speed of the movement of the bar the speed of the athlete they'll come they'll do what they call a heavy squat and like you smoked it like you you think it's heavy and that's okay that you think it's heavy but you you crush that lift and when you really learn how to fight um that makes that it's a 180 on your strength world right Mm -hmm. and so when i'm at the bottom of a squat it's like fight for it yeah um really dig deep when you hit your sticking point don't just bail out right i I mean there have been times when i felt like i was going through the sticking point for like 10 seconds (laughs) i didn't but that's what it felt like and so i think a lot of it for me um is to continue to fight through that heavy squat it
1: really is such a, a fight or flight uh yeah, and it's, it's a discipline to try to commit to that moment uh, when it gets like really scary uh, at the bottom oh, yeah. and you think like, I feel like I'm about to start
2: going the wrong direction mm-hmm. and just like dip out. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot, of, a lot of what you can do to mitigate that fear is know how to bail yep. or have a spotter that you trust. And also know that your form is good, right? Yeah. Because some of that is like, if you if you aren't doing a good job of, of whatever it is, whether you don't have good spinal flexion, whether your knees are in the wrong positions, whether your feet are in the wrong position, if you have something that like is a, a weakness, that'll make you th- more fearful of that heavy squat. And so knowing that your mechanics are good, knowing that your safety procedure is good, will help you just, it takes out all the noise. You yep. know, a lot of times some of my biggest PRs have been because I had spotters, so I knew, hey, even if this goes horribly wrong, yep. they're going to bail me out of this. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe find a spotter you trust and and go for it. Yeah, nobody wants to end up being
1: uh, posted on some meme on Instagram <sighs> from, the worst. from some fail. Right? That is the worst. I've
2: never personally been a victim of that, but it is. I I feel like that is such like a shameful moment when you see yourself on the <laughs> internet failing some lift. <laughs> so funny man
1: you know, you are a, you're you a big dog lover correct? yes uh, how many dogs do you guys have at the we house? we have three dogs uh, how do you I can't remember do you guys ever bring the dogs up to the gym? occasionally what do you think differentiates a gym dog from a, a dog that's ready to be a gym dog oh, and a, a dog that's not this is a good question um,
2: The how they react to the barbell I think 100% of the time, if a dog has no response or is at least weary of a barbell, it's better. We have uh, two of our dogs, two of our three dogs, uh, attack the barbell. Um, (laughs) And respect the. Yeah, and it's like, you're going to, if this falls on you, (laughs) you're not going to be alive anymore. Um, And so we kind of have to really be careful. And like, if we're going to be doing any heavy lifting, dogs don't come to the gym. because I don't know what it is. They hate the barbell. They try to chew on the plates. I don't get it. But So I think a good gym dog is, is a gym dog that knows how to stay out of the way on the heavy stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's at the at our gym in Nashville up at Fit Factory, there's a, a dog that hangs out at the gym named Rudy. And uh, I swear, he there could be barbells crashing everywhere around him. And that dog could just be laying there asleep, just content as can be. I, uh, I don't know if that's learned or if that's just his his little personality but uh, it is an impressive feat
2: yeah yeah I wonder I wonder we should do a study on gym dogs and and how they come about their demeanor that's right because that's one of my biggest dreams right now right is uh,
1: I desperately want a dog but I don't feel like during the day it would have a very good life right now because it effectively just be um kind of confined to a small part of our house during the day and we can't really take off during the day or afford to uh, have somebody go manage it. Yeah. So, I'm like, I would love to have my dog come up to the office with me. But uh, then it's that dynamic of, okay, you know, I work in a, a healthcare setting, Right. Uh, it's like, one, how do you know a dog is going to bode well in that setting, two, uh, are all patients and athletes going to be comfortable with a dog right. kind of lolling
2: around? Uh, I think for some people, it would be a huge value add. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Help them relax. Help them have more fun when they're here. Yeah. that's And that's a, that's a hard thing, especially because you, if you're going to get a dog like that, you got to get it from a puppy in the first... Three months, you're just gonna be—that's all your focus is gonna be on. You're gonna—you're gonna be a, a, a worse coach or, or a worse PT or a worse whatever you are <laughs> yes. if you're trying to make a dollar fit into an environment because that's gonna be your sole focus.
1: It might be a deal where uh, just give people a, a small discount on, <laughs> <laughs> for those three months, like if the dog
2: is present and right. he's in training mode, right? Give a small discount. That'd be great. Like that. That'd be great. You'll you'll gain a lot of clients. Oh, I'll come see a dog and pay less. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, pretty zoned in on a,
1: a German Shepherd right now, but um you know we'll probably go and up to the Humane Society and find what dog we connect with. But yeah, I love it. Uh, we'll see what we end up with. Um, all right. Well, Jake, anything new or upcoming in the next few weeks, a few months? People to be watching out for on uh, French fries and fitness. Oh goodness.
2: Um... A lot of stuff with real change. We are really uh, trying to do a lot of, of events with the community and with our members. Um, so we got a lot coming up. Oh, I'll, plug, I'll plug one thing. Um, there's an organization here in Tennessee called Nurture the Next. Um, and they are a domestic violence hotline. And we're doing a, a workout. They already did actually – Part it's two parts. They already did part one at the beginning of the month. Um, but at the end of October, uh, they're doing another – Workout. It's called Share the Pain. And it's just a charity workout. All the proceeds go to them. And it's a really cool organization. So we partner with them. We partnered with them the last two years. And it's a growing thing. So if you have a gym near you and you live in Tennessee that does it, go participate in that for sure. Um, And then other than that, lots of Nashville competitions, right? We got Music City Throwdown coming up. That's right. Uh, Depending on when this podcast comes out, maybe we would have already finished it. Um, And then... Six one five throwdowns coming up as well. Considering that one, gonna have to put a team together though. Yeah. Um, What's the structure on the teams for that? I one? think it's two male, two female. So it's like uh, it's like game style. Oh dang! So that could be cool. Yeah. Um, it's like a, a little Avengers moment. You got to put assemble your team. I know that, and that's always the hardest part is like picking and choosing and finding the right balance because like you got to find who's available. You got to find who works well together. Um, you're always trying to k- grab the, the highest level athletes you can. Yeah. Um, so that's always, team development is really interesting when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple people at our gym who are kind of up-and-comers or like hitting their stride. Yeah. So we're kind of working on cultivating that as well. I'm trying to think if there's anything else big coming up. No, I think, I think that's it. I mean, just more competition season and, and the Open will be upon us before we know it. All right. that's always how it goes every year it's like oh yeah the opens in three months and then you look up and it's like the opens next week yeah and that that comes out as fast so yeah that's that's
1: the focus for the next few months I love it um, well Jake we'll probably close it out there I uh, appreciate you hanging out and uh, appreciate you fighting through all the technical <laughs> oh yeah it right was it was worth it um, and uh, we'll chat with you soon yeah man.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Nashville Fitness Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by our local physical therapy practice, Be Ready Performance Therapy. Head over to Instagram or our website. You can find us online at bereadypt.com or on Instagram at bereadypt. On our website as well as on Instagram, we'll have a bunch more great content in which we dive into things a little bit deeper on our blog as well as through our videos on Instagram. If you have any questions or comments of what you might like to hear or might like us to discuss on the podcast, please shoot us an email, chris at bereadypt.com or ross at bereadypt.com. It's our passion to answer your questions, so please don't hesitate to shoot us an email or a direct message. Also, we'd love it if you rated and subscribed to our podcast so that we can continue to make this podcast the best it can be.